My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Today my guest is the incredible entrepreneur and mother of three children with a PhD from genetics in, from UCT, the CEO and founder of Sweep South, Aisha Pandor. Aisha, welcome. So happy to be speaking to you today. Thanks for having me, Diana. I'm excited to be here with you. Great. So you launched Sweep South back in 2013. So that was quite a long time ago and you're no longer a startup. I'm interested in how your elevator pitched changed over time how did you start and how do you explain your business today um yeah so i mean when we when we launched um we were a startup but we're also a startup in a space where even the notion of what a startup is in in south africa was still very very new Mm. um and so we had to break it down and, and make it um you know ultra simple for people to understand and so then it was we're a um you know, an app and website where you can order home cleaning services. Um, and now we've both obviously evolved past the, the startup stage and we're not just for home cleaning anymore. And also people understand things like platform and marketplaces. Mm-hmm. And so now we're a home services and products platform. And people understand that, you know, when you say that, that means you're online and you're a, an app and a website where people can get those things. I, I found with my business as well that um, evolution, it's just constantly evolving. So it's, it's interesting to, to follow your journey over those over the past seven years and, and see where you are today, which is something probably quite different from what you started with back in 2013. Your aim is still to um, create employment in South Africa and uh, your platform allows people, domestic workers and home cleaners and other other types of workers now to connect with people who need their services. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, you know, when we, when we launched, it was Elevator Pitch very much around um, a convenient way to access home products and services. But our, our mission as a company um, has always been to help people who are looking for work, particularly um, kind of so, so-called lower skilled amongst the lower skilled economy. So domestic workers, uh, artisans, you know, builders and painters and plumbers and electricians um, have technology provide them with an easy way to access work. Um, and so that's always been kind of central to what we've done, but it's, it's um, moved past just domestic workers to now being various different types of workers in the economy. And how many people are workers do you have registered on your platform and that you're currently providing employment for or facilitating employment for rather? So we've had over the last um, six years or so, we've had 20,000, over 20,000 uh, people find work through the platform. Um, just prior to uh, the last few months or so in the midst of, um, of the COVID pandemic, we, we had about 5,000 working per month. Um, obviously weren't, you know, weren't, weren't really able to operate over the last few months or so, um, and are getting back up and running, but, uh, but actively working on the platform. Yeah. It's kind of between, um, four or 5,000 people. And have your investors supported you through this COVID crisis? I know, um, in some cases, some investors have, and some haven't. So I'm interested in your case, how your investors have tried to support you. Uh, we've definitely been, I think, fortunate in having um, 
supportive investors and also investors who um, haven't looked at this crisis as a way to try and be extractive you know i think um there's some investors who are supportive and you know even with them being supportive they kind of look at you know how can i use the situation to you know squeeze what i can out of the business um you know have very tight conditional funding i think our investors have fortunately been um been really good in in just looking at you know how do they help us get through all of this how do they help to make sure the business is, is funded um and um, they've both funded the business, but has, have also um, been involved in helping with um, no strings attached, but been involved in, in helping us make sure that um, the people who work on our platform, while they weren't able to, to operate and go to work, were also supported, um, which is just, you know, that, that blew me away. I know so many people who I think would make exceptional entrepreneurs, but they seem to be stuck in jobs that they don't enjoy. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to start a business, whether here in South Africa or anywhere around the world? I think once you've gotten into um, being employed and and, and earning a salary, and I think um, in addition to that, have all of the responsibilities that, you know, that that adults have, um, it can be incredibly difficult to... Um, to make that jump and to take the risk of, you know, leaving, um, you know, the, the, the certainty of a guaranteed paycheck at the end of the month and, and going into something that, you know, that feels risky and scary and, and for many people, particularly women, can feel irresponsible given that you've got people who you have to look after. Um, I think in South Africa it's also difficult because just having a job in itself um, is is a privilege in many cases. Um, you know, there there are things like you know black tax here, where young people who are educated, um, you know, think about the sacrifices that their their family have made to get them there, and and want to be able to um, to give back. Um, so so I think that you know those things can make it in, incredibly difficult, and it's it is it's it's risky. Um, and it's scary to start a business and we all see the stats around businesses that make it and businesses that fail. Um, so, um, yeah, so, you know, it can, it can feel like a really big jump. And I think in addition to that, I think, you know, people also get to a space where they, they, they're complacent and they feel complacent. And as much as you don't like the space that you're in, um, it takes a lot of effort um, and a lot of courage to to make the jump. So I think a lot of people also um, will acknowledge themselves that even though they really don't like the space that they're in and they feel stuck in jobs, um, aren't willing or you know don't feel equipped to be able to to make the change. Yeah, the golden handcuffs. Uh, the, I know a lot of people who who really suffer from that uh, kind of feeling trapped mentally almost because, as you say, it it takes some courage to leave the comfort of a corporate job and go into something very risky and very unknown. Um, yeah, it's it's not easy. And on top of that, it's. Um, it's such a um, difficult and challenging and it's really fully absorbing job. So if you choose to be an entrepreneur, you're choosing quite a difficult path. And I think it's it could be even more difficult if you're a parent. So this we on this show, we talk about families and, and parenting and finances. So how do you personally balance your difficult and challenging job as an entrepreneur and leader of an organization with being a parent? Um, I mean, I th- it's 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 difficult. It's definitely difficult. I think um, 
yeah, there's a lot of um, guilt involved with it because uh, y- when you're building a business, especially in the early days, um, you know, all of your kind of effort and, and attention goes into thinking about this thing and, and whether or not it's going to work. And, and in a sense, also the livelihood of your family, um, you know, ultimately also in part depends on how successful or not your business is, is going to be. And so um, it's something that I struggle with. Work-life balance in general, even when I was working, um, was something that I struggle with. I think it's just a, a personality trait is that, um, um, you know, I, I get very fully into whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, and so I was very bad at it at the beginning, but I think as um, my kids have grown up and um, and my, my eldest daughter is almost 11, um, you know, she started to say things like, you know, you, you're always working and you don't spend enough time with me or, you know, you don't spend time listening to my day and what I'm doing. And I think um, that's helped me a lot to, to just also kind of reflect on um, how much time I spend um, actively parenting because even though especially in the early days with our company we were at home um, we would literally have the laptop open from when we woke up in the morning to when we went to bed at night yeah, um, exactly. and so you feel like you're in the presence of your family and kids but you're actually not you know actively there um, so it's 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 something that's um, yeah that's happened over time we've gotten better at it um, we saw a, an executive coach for a while and this specifically was one of the things we wanted to work on um, also being you know being a couple and both being in the same boat um it kind of makes it doubly difficult for your family because there isn't the one person in that relationship to go hey you know close the laptop and and spend some family time we're both kind of as guilty as each other (laughs) yeah it's the same situation in my house my husband is an entrepreneur as well he has his own business but they're different businesses i'm also interested to to know the dynamic in the family um your husband being your co-founder i'm not sure if all the listeners know but your husband's your co-founder so how does that that dynamic work and are there pros and cons of having your husband as your co-founder uh it's been something we've had to navigate for sure um i think um you know a lot of people have a slightly different personality in relationships um than they do at at work um and so when we started working together it was kind of navigating this very different aspect of your partner's personality um you know i come from uh, a, a initially a research and then a management consulting background where you know everything is about how you manage situations how you manage people everything's very very carefully said whereas um my husband is very straightforward um he's a software engineer so you know kind of typical engineer it's kind of just get straight to it um you know without kind of like the flowery um, you know, touchy-feely language. Um, and that was difficult to hear kind of some of that very open, bare criticism um, from, and, and not being able to differentiate between, you know, co-founder versus husband. Um, and so it's, um, I think, you know, some of the cons there can be that if you if you aren't able to kind of navigate those things and, and, um, and, and try and keep work as work and relationship as relationship, um, you'll never get it 100% right. But if you, if, if you can't kind of make some positive steps towards doing that, I think that can definitely be a con. I think um, if you're not good at spending time together and, you know, running a business together, you need to spend 24-7 together. I think that can also be very difficult. Fortunately, we are. Um, uh, yeah, I absolutely love, you know, spending time together. Um, and then I think some of the pros are, you know, the flip side of that is that you get to see another side of your partner. I'm... 
I have huge respect for my husband um, as an entrepreneur and um, as a as a software engineer. It's like I can I can see what he's able to build and able to do. Um, and I think not everyone gets to experience that. You know, your partner at work. Um, you know, being brilliant. So I think that's that's a huge pro. Our working relationship having to to be worked on just you know has has kind of bled into our our um, personal relationship also um, being worked on, which is which is great. So some of the things that don't always get unearthed um, in relationships, we've kind of been forced to deal with. Um, and and then the idea of building something like building building a legacy, building something that is meaningful to both of you together. Um, I I think you know apart from having children together, you don't really get the opportunity to do that to look at something and say, hey, you know, we built this thing and we're so proud of it. And I think yeah. that's another huge pro um, if you can make everything work. And also the trust aspect, I think. There's no one you trust more than your husband or your partner. So um, to go into business partnership with, with someone that you really trust must also leave you in quite a safe space and you, you feel you can take some risks like that. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no questioning, you know, um, you know, is this person going to backstab me? Do they have my best interest at heart? Um, the thing that you're both working for is going to benefit both of you ultimately. So 100%. Yeah. And so now if I can get you to think back to when you started your business, so the, the early days when you were about to take the leap and you were about to quit your job, your um, consulting job, and go take this leap into the unknown, how did you think about your family expenses? Because you had a little daughter at that stage. She must have been quite young. And so for both of you to give up your stable incomes and jump into this, how did you think about your family finances? What sacrifices did you have to make in order to start this dream of starting the company? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we probably didn't think about it enough in hindsight. Um, the way that we, we rationalized it to ourselves was that um, we were in jobs where we were we were struggling. We, you know, we, we weren't happy. We were doing well performance wise at work, but we're struggling kind of personally um, with, you know, what we were spending our days doing. Um, and so we both kind of made the jump thinking that we're both people who are skilled. We're relatively young. We have work experience from um, reputable organizations. Worst, worst, worst case scenario, we could go back and and probably find jobs relatively easily. But our previous experience was incentive enough for that not to be, you know, it wasn't kind of a, an easy um, safety net. Um, and then, you know, some of the things that we thought about in, in kind of preparing for that was again being young and I and I wouldn't advise this <laughs> for, for everyone um, <laughs> um, having a bit more experience in hindsight and um, but uh, you know we we also thought you know we had jobs that had paid really good uh, pensions over a short amount of time so we ended up cashing in our pensions our savings we ended up also selling our house and um, and and all of the the contents in our home um, to fund the business with the same sort of thinking that I think you know let's put everything behind this um, let's you know we know where we're coming from the kind of unhappiness we're coming from so it means a lot to us to be able to to give this a real try and if it doesn't work out you know we're young enough and skilled enough to be able to just start from scratch um, but you certainly made a lot of sacrifices then if you if you sold your home. A lot of people would struggle to do that. And I guess that's the flip side of being young. Perhaps you didn't think it 
think about it as much as you would have now if you were to um, have to do that right now it probably would have been harder it would have been hard but i think you know we've we've also i suppose so we're more we're not um we don't take stupid risks but um we are probably less risk averse than you know than the vast majority of people out there um we also i don't know like we we like the thrill of let's shake things up and and see where things land it wasn't easy to to sell our house it was hard it was very emotionally difficult i mean we still um you know when we drive past our old house it's it's it feels very emotional and our daughter who was four at the time was really emotional um she said to to, to us when we were selling the house she said someone else is going to be swimming in my swimming pool <laughs> um and, and we felt very very bad um and you know we still reflect on that time you know it was like a little family of three it was absolute you know bliss um um, living in our home so it was it was hard it wasn't it wasn't easy but I would I would probably do it again um, you know right now if if I had to make that um, that decision and I think a lot of it has to do with you know your personal happiness as well I think you've got to balance obviously you know your family's stability and happiness you know you don't want to put your kids in a in a situation where you know they are at risk or you don't have food to eat you know you don't want to take it to those extremes but i think i was okay with the idea of we're going to live uncomfortably for a few years so that we can fund something that is going to help us to be personally fulfilled um as you know as as individuals and and as partners um but yeah you know it's a, it's a big risk it's it's not something i would necessarily advise everyone to do especially the idea of the pension and the savings and your home and everything in your home you know i think i think it might not be necessary to do all of the above and i think um you know nowadays investors are also a lot more if that's the route that you that you choose to to go you know they're a lot more understanding about trying to balance the risks that they expect entrepreneurs to take yes yeah exactly yeah i would agree with you it's it's probably not a good idea to cash in your pension because that's something that um you'll need later on but in your case it's it's worked out fine and as you say it depends on your risk profile and what you have to fall back on so if you've got a secure family environment and they can support you for a few years it's or you can fall back on your you can go back to work for corporate so yeah it depends on what your plan b is but it sounds like you guys went in boots and all and that's that's great i mean i'm sure that's why partly why you've been so successful today because you really believed in your your idea which is awesome um yeah and i think we i mean we also um yeah we we you know we we kept on thinking back to the sacrifice that we'd made um so that's also something i mean apart from what it is that we were building like you know you've sacrificed everything you 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 know you've got to make this work yeah exactly and how did you cope with that financial insecurity in the early days because it does take a while for a business to make money especially probably something like a platform business so how did you cope with that um, I mean, the first thing that we did once we made the decision to resign from our jobs and, you know, and, and had started looking at getting some liquidity um, out of our, our, our different assets, it was um, just dialing down our personal expenses completely. Um, so, you know, for Sweep South is, is, um, is six years old and, you know, has been um, successful, you know, I think kind of... Um, in the startup space in South Africa, but we only moved out of our parents' home less than two years ago. Um, so, you know, our expenses have just been very, very conservative. Um, and that helped us to try and get as much runway as we could out of all of those things. Um, 
but I think it was actually also good training for for running the business itself. Um, you know, we're not we, we we're not and will never be. And part of it is is because of who we are as people. Part of it is because, as you say, you know, the type of business that we are is a low margin business. But you know, we've never been and will never be the type of business that has. Um, you know, uh, expensive kind of artwork all over the place and, um, you know, pool tables and golf courses and <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's just not who we are. It's not to say that we, you know, we don't um, spend on things to, to, to help people feel comfortable and happy, but just, yeah, yeah, kind of what we would view as frivolous expenses just don't feature um, at all. Yeah, I found that so important when I went from corporate where big budgets were spent on marketing, advertising, mm. that kind of thing, to running a small business. You you account for every rand. Every rand that you spend is so important. So, yeah, I, yeah. I hear you when you say that frugality mindset is 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 really important for entrepreneurs. I think people who start off renting flashy offices, they're not really starting off on the right foot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And as working parents, uh, both you and your husband work together, how do you arrange your childcare? And is that a significant cost for you? Do you have a Sweep South um, nanny service? How do you guys sort out your mm. childcare? Um, yeah, so I mean, as a, as, as a, a working mom um, with a high pressure job and, and three kids, it's, um, I mean, um, just childcare and having help is is absolutely essential. Um, so it is a significant cost for us. Um, up until recently, I mean, we had um, a nanny who who helped at home with um, our, our our son who's uh, one and a half, um, and then we had an au pair who picked up the girls from school and um, you know and does homework and kind of uh, looks after them. Um, and then we also had someone from Sweep South come in and and you know and just and and give a hand with cleaning um, where it was needed. I think um, you know it's something that's so important for us that our children are well taken care of, and trying to balance that with also knowing the responsibilities that we have to the company and um, you know and to our work and and trying to build our company. Um, it yeah it, you know it's 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 a big priority for us. Um, so Sweep South doesn't offer um, au pair services, but we do have Sweep Stars who have childcare experience. Um, uh, but that's been something that's that's been relatively um, uh, it's it's relatively new still. Um, so, but it just I mean I think for so many working women, um, you know, help and and help with you know taking care of the home taking care of kids is is essential and it's something that i feel immensely grateful for um you know our nanny i you know i say to her you you are the reason why i'm able to to work and to to run a company um so yeah it's 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 a big priority for us and the people who who help us with all of that are very important to us as well yeah i agree with you um, so childcare is a, a priority spend item for you guys as a family. Is there anything else that you prioritize, like education or holidays, anything else that's very important for you as a family? Education, very important as well. Um, I think, and, and it's something that we, we talk about a lot because um, it's, you know, this kind of balance of wanting to have a, a really great education for your kids um and you know and and being able to afford that now um but also 
um, we talk a lot about the type of education we want our children to have and you know balancing in the classroom education with um, the right sort of life lessons and, and life experience um, and feeling that you know sometimes the, the the kind of traditional education system isn't adequate for teaching our kids um, everything that we want them to know from a from an educational um, standpoint um, but yeah that is certainly um, a, a priority spend item and then food is also something that's really important I think with us working so hard um, we we try and make sure that we that we eat the right type of food and you know make sure that we're um, eating well you know giving ourselves and the kids the right level of nutrients and i think as a family of um five also um our, our grocery bill does tend to be quite high yeah yeah i agree it's, it's those are exactly our priorities as well and um food is so underrated and i think when i left corporate and i had more time to focus on buying the right groceries preparing the food like i really i really think that when you are so busy at work having nutritious food is is something so important and people think that it's something that is not really necessary but yeah i 100 percent agree yeah. with you on that yeah, I don't know why. I mean, sometimes we shy away from like the simple solutions and this is myself included. Um, just the difference between the way we used to eat, which was very convenience focused um, to now and, and especially, you know, during lockdown, having a bit more time to prepare food properly. The difference it makes to your moods, your energy level, uh, your immune system is, is huge. And then something it's like huge, sleep yeah. kind of goes hand in hand with that as well. Yeah, exactly. And exercise, just, just a healthy lifestyle. It really gets neglected by so many entrepreneurs, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And then just to end, one uh, question that I ask all of my guests, Aisha, if you had one piece of financial advice you could pass on to your children, what would it be? Um, geez, if it was just one, it would be to, to understand um, um, compound, compounding growth. So um, that's something that I'm that I'm teaching my 11 year old, um, you know, whenever she wants to buy something um, and often it's, you know, buying things on the app store. We have conversations about, you know, if you spent this money to buy this thing on the app store, how long is that going to hold your interest? Um, when are you going to want something new versus um, putting it away? Um, into you know a savings uh, an interest-bearing savings account or an investment and what that would look like that same amount would look like over you know x months or x years um, so and I think it's a it's a concept that a lot of people really struggle with um, is just the idea of you know compound growth compound interest so that would be probably one of the the biggest things that I want my kids to understand and that is a passive way to to grow your income yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what this whole podcast is actually about. Um, so, uh, yeah, I can't agree with you more. Einstein actually said that people who understand compound interest earn it and those who don't understand, they pay it with um, yeah, loans yeah, and that kind absolutely. of thing. So it's so key to a secure financial future. Well, this has been an incredibly insightful discussion, Aisha. I've really enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck with Sweep South. Thank you very much and, and best of luck to you too. Um, really, really appreciate and also always glad to, to chat to fellow entrepreneurs, fellow moms who are, who are entrepreneurs. So um, appreciate it as well. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. 